Welcome into another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims, and uh, our guest today is uh, Admirals goaltender Troy Grosnick. Troy, thanks for doing this. Um, let's start right from the beginning with the it's sort of a Paul Bunyan legend with you about how you you were sort of destined to become a Milwaukee Admirals goaltender from from day one yeah I mean parents first date was um, here at the arena and I mean I don't know like it's kind of one of those things like named after Troy Gamble and um, yeah it was just one of those things I never really planned on being a goalie even it just kind of fell into my lap and it's one of those things and um I just I grew up loving hockey I obviously I grew up you know at the Bradley Center and and watching the Admirals and Badgers and um yeah it's almost kind of like the predestination type thing I guess and um yeah I mean I couldn't be happier to to be here and it's been uh it's been a wild ride when you you were a kid it, that's the admirals were a huge deal in the mid 90s no doubt new, new building playing in the ihl and the ihl was freewheeling and fun and and so on and so on and the badger teams too were awfully fun yep. uh so you can't but i but i always wondered like nhl wise what did you do to who did you to, follow like, yeah or, you? or did you was was the admirals and uh, an unaffiliated Milwaukee Admirals and the Wisconsin Badgers enough. Yeah, I like those were definitely. I looked up for sure mostly to the Badgers and the Admirals. Um, I was a Blackhawks fan growing up, but I never even went to a Blackhawks game. Like I, I didn't go to an NHL game until. Um, my it would be great if you said it was until you played. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, right. it, it's close though. Um, the first NHL game ever went to actually my now wife was working in manhattan and we went to um she actually surprised me she told me we were going on a like a hudson river cruise or something sure. and, and we we're going past madison square garden and it was it was a playoffs the rangers played the capitals and i was just kind of like i told her like on the way to the to the harbor like Hey, why don't we just like stroll past Madison Square Garden? Like, I want to see like what's going on. Right, kind of get the vibe outside of And there, she was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, like that's on the way." And then we got there, and she's and she pulled out the tickets. She was like, "We're actually going to the game." Nice. Oh wow, was, like, awesome! Like that's kind of when I knew like, yeah, she's a winner. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah keeper. But, uh, yeah, so that was the, my first NHL game, and then I didn't go to another one until I actually was signed, and I went to. Um, Right after I signed, I went out to San Jose, and it was another playoff game. It was Sharks and Canucks. And then um, I don't think – I might have went, gone to another game or two um, just in the playoffs being around in San Jose. Sure. And then the the next one I went to is the one I put – like was on the bench and then played in. When you so. sign with San Jose and they, they bring you out there for the playoffs, like you said – do they put you in front of the media? Do they d do all of that, or is it really hush hush, and you're just there to observe and work, and and that's that? Because yeah. if it was, I remember years ago, uh, and, and this is years ago, but Ben Sheets is pitching for Team USA in the Olympics, right? And they beat Cuba, and it was a huge deal. Right. And gold medal Sheets, winners, and when Ben Sheets came back, and he's a former first round pick, he was the Brewers' first round pick, but he hadn't pitched for the Brewers yet. Right. But I remember being at a game, and they brought Ben Sheets out to wave to the crowd, and everybody had access to him. He hadn't done one thing, right? No. In, in Major League Baseball, anyway. Right. No. But, it was but they brought nothing him like that. Um, I. Uh, when I signed, I wanted to finish my degree. So I actually, um, it was kind of 
I, they were San Jose was awesome about it. They let me stay at school mostly, and they just asked me to come in for like a five or so day stretch, t- kind of like you said, get acclimated with everybody. Um, and they had uh, they kind of had the black aces in town, and every just about all the young guys from Worcester were there um, for obviously the whole playoff run. But I was only there for like a five day stretch. Is that intimidating? I think about that when we have guys come in at the end of their college careers. Yeah. All this, they don't know a single guy in here, and maybe you did know a, a guy or two, or had played against them probably. But like you go into a total foreign environment, all the way across the country, and here you are in an NHL playoff series. Are you like, I, you don't want, you don't even you, want to put your. It's Marlowe, it's Thornton, it's it's all of these yeah. guys, right? I yeah, mean, it's and great. those guys, all the famers. Yeah, those guys. I mean, I was kind of. You're, we were kind of wardened off a little bit from those guys. I mean, they sure. were focused on their playoff run and stuff. But I was, I, I was obviously meeting eventual teammates. And, I, I mean, it's funny. Like, I didn't even know what to expect because I hadn't played for a few weeks, maybe even a month at the time that I actually went out there. Yeah, and right. I, I remember, like, asking them, like, hey, am I supposed to bring my gear? Like, what am I yeah, supposed to do? Yeah, what am I do? supposed to do? <laughs> right. like, well, yeah, bring your gear. Like, you're, <laughs> you're a hockey player. Like, yeah. you got you to gotta get on the ice at some point. And I was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, it was just a quick five-day thing. And I don't remember being too intimidated. I mean, I think that, you know, Hockey's all hockey. those guys had been around. Right. Like, they'd gone through it. They know, you know, I mean, as long as you're not an idiot and yeah. you don't try to stir the pot, you're, you're, You'd be okay. you're probably but, all right. Hockey guys just keep their mouths shut most of the time anyway. Right? Most of them. Most of yeah. them. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. So I, I'd actually – I want to go back uh, uh, quite a ways a little bit. Your parents are, they met at an Admirals game, but they are, they were like hardcore fans. Yeah. Like they were season ticket holders. They went yep. to every game at the arena. They, you know, the, your dad was telling me about a guy, the guy with the, the light on his head that would run around the moat here at the Panther Arena. Like yeah. when, a, every goal, when a goal was scored. So like this, they were, they would take you to Admirals games because that's what you did as right. a family, right? Yeah, for sure. It was, like, yeah, it was, that's what we did as a family. And like I, I don't think I, I – yeah, I know for a fact I never went to a game here. Right. Um, but at the Bradley Center, I mean, that was what we did. I don't even know how old I was at my first hockey game, but I was maybe a month old or something like that. And, yeah, my parents were huge fans. And, I mean, looking back, like, it was kind of like a little hockey family, like, in our section there. And um, I know, like, we had babysitters that my parents had met, like, through – people at the admirals game stuff like that i mean it's it was awesome memories just my brother and i having fun and um i remember like even now it's funny because um back at my son and dean matt donovan's son um they've been playing hockey in the basements together and stuff and Beckett's not quite at the age where he's mimicking quite everything i mean he hits balls pretty well for a two-year-old but um dean is always trying just to just turn two year old, yeah, right? Yeah, just well, in two days. Oh, in two days. In two days, yeah. yeah. So, um, but he, uh, Dean will come out and he'll want to be introduced and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And it like, brings yeah. me back to my brother and I. I mean, we had the whole, you know, intros and you got to do, you know, hard laughs for warm ups and all that type <laughs> of stuff. And I remember, I don't even remember what the guy's name was, but he's like, uh, he, he would come to the game sometimes. He like had the trumpet and he would like bang Cla- into the glass. Cla- yeah, Claude, Claude Scott was his name. Claude the happy trumpeter. He, Claude yeah, Scott. So like we don't even know if he's alive to be honest. My brother, <laughs> my brother and I would like mimic that like <laughs> to start the game up. Like 
get everybody going is so yeah we just you know we idolized the admirals and paid attention to just about everything and, that was going on in the game the pa announcer then for the admirals was a guy named keith moore who ended up passing away from his cancer but his son matt is the pa guy now i don't know if you knew that or not yeah i think uh i think i didn't know that but um yeah it's it was funny like we yeah i mean depending on what we were doing like we were either some of the badgers or some of the admirals and, right um like it was funny because like my brother was a huge Gino Cavallini fan. Like sure. Gino was his favorite player, and then Gino ended up coaching Sean. Oh, for, is that right? For a couple of years, yeah. and Gino, you know, he was great with the AAA program, and um, like he was always the he coached the year above me. But there was a few tournaments like in the summer, like we would go to Toronto and stuff, and Gino was our coach. So it was just kind of funny. Like the hockey world's small, but in Milwaukee, it's even smaller. So. I know, like, my brother always got a kick out of that. Like, Gino was his favorite player. And, and now here he's his coach. Now he's his coach. So, so you're not supposed to meet your heroes. Was it I, worthwhile? Was it good? Yeah, Gino was awesome. Like, he was awesome for us. And especially in that time, like, I'm starting to get older. I'm starting to – oh, I might be able to go a little bit further in hockey. And obviously, my parents were fans, but they never played – they never were that's exposed what was, to anything. That's why I'm curious right. about how, how they became such fans and it, it was passed on to you. I honestly, I don't really know what got my my parents into hockey, but yeah. um, I don't know if it was watching on TV or um, whatever, but for whatever reason, that's kind of what brought them together and um, they obviously grew to love it. Well, and things worked out, obviously. Yeah, so it's been great, but Gino was like a huge resource for me um obviously he had played at high levels right right it's kind of like what do you but have he went to, to do? college he went right. to bowling exactly. green exactly yeah and yeah so it was just just to have a resource like that was incredible for us because we were kind of shooting shooting you blind. didn't know like so you start playing you start playing at elmbrook right uh as an elmbrook eagle before the ponds is even built yep and so you play there for how many years two two years maybe three uh, i'm trying to think i think my first my first year of AAA was like sixth grade, yeah. so I probably played at Elmbrook for you know, four or five. Three, years. Okay, so for a little bit longer. But yeah. at what point do you realize? Well, you realize you're you're pretty good. First of all, what to, when did you start focusing on being a goalie? So like I they don't think, take a mite. They don't take a seven year old right. kid and say you're a goalie for the rest of your for life. Us, yeah. It was my, but I, it was early for me because I think it was actually my second year of full-time hockey where I became a goalie full-time. Is that right? Like my first year, it was either my first year or my second year. My first year, I played forward and, you know, I, it was just fun. And right. Go whip around and, yeah, and score some goals. Our, and our goalie had like a family vacation or something like that where he wasn't going to be able to make it. So they were like, okay, well, who wants to try goalie? And I tried and I didn't think it, I don't think it went so hot if I remember <laughs> Is right. Is that right? But, um, yeah, and then the next year he was um, moving up. I think I think we were mites, and I think he was moving up to squirt, and so we didn't have a goalie, and I just kind of volunteered. And I'll do it. Stuck. Yeah. So my parents shot balls on me all the time in the basement already, and so it was, yeah, it was kind of like <laughs> – And your brother probably too, right? Yeah, yeah. Usually I feel like it's the younger brother that gets stuck in the goal. In the goal stuff. But it, in was this it was opposite. Yeah. I think my dad stuck me in the goal, and so he got got a little aggression <laughs> once in a while. That's right. Bad day at work. Yeah. Let's go downstairs. And so at what, when do you realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this? Like you're playing on an A team. I, this can go 
a little farther. And back then, it wasn't so cut and dry like the, the especially pro- for Wisconsin. Yeah, the, there yeah. was there was the Wisconsin AAA, but there was no Junior Admirals. Right. Wisconsin AAA was the forerunner to it. Right. Um, and so, like, do you think, you, oh, I'm going to have to go down to Chicago to play maybe? Or was that an option for you? Well, or, or? I actually did go down for one year. but um, That was when you were a little bit older. Yeah, I was I was graduated from high school. But I, I was always a pretty short kid. Um, I kind of hit a growth spurt in between my junior and senior year of high Is school. Is that right? And I was always, like, a pretty good little goalie. But, I mean, that was the knock, right? Like, he's too small. Yeah. And um, – but we had some really good AAA teams here. Um, like we won our like Central States League or whatever it was called back. That I think like Mid America Hockey League. Sure. Um, and who are some of the guys you played with? So I mean, the most famous, famous one yeah, yeah. is JJ Watt. Right. Was on my team for probably like three or four years, and Derek played with Sean, my brother. Yep. Um, How good were they? They were really good. They they were the JJ was like always the biggest kid. Yeah. And like. Like the it was like the opposite knock, right? Like Troy's really small, JJ's, JJ's really big. Some t- like they're gonna catch up to him at some point, but no, no one would no have caught ever, up. To no him, one ever right? would have. But JJ was like he was super skilled. He played center for us. He scored a lot of goals. Like, like you would, say, you saw like, that. I'm sure you saw that video he put out. What you know about four or five years ago. Hey, Blackhawks, take a look at this. Yeah. And he's out there stick handling well, and skating. Yeah, it's and really he played impressive. with Blake Jeffrey on does his uh, right. ch- charity thing. And yep. it was a couple of years ago that JJ played in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, JJ was really good. I mean, we were probably – I'm trying to think. It had to have been right, right before high school that they stopped playing. Yeah. Um, and then we had a couple other guys, too, that um, played some D3. Uh, actually – um, one of my good buddies, Marty O'Grady, um, actually was from London and moved here. And the London eighty nine, well, London Ontario, right? And the London Knights, like their eighty nine team, was like loaded, like they were really good. And so we got word that there's a kid coming down from London. And we were all excited. Yeah. And Marty was a really good hockey player. He ended up playing at RPI. Um, so he was at RPI while I was at Union. Oh, and so sure. it was a, that's like a big rivalry out there. Right. So it was kind of funny that we played together growing up and, and then you go around opposite, opposite sides schools. of the opposite sides of the rivalry. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, those, I'm trying to think if anybody else from my 89 team, we had a couple guys play D3, um, stuff like that. But, um, those were the two that, well, JJ obviously made it in a sport other than hockey, but right. um, I think it was just me and Marty that made made it to a D1 program. Yeah, but um, it, which was actually pretty unique at the time. I mean, there were a few guys that were older than us that had gone up through the ranks, and you know, some D1 guys here and there. But um, I think that is the first time I can recall that one of our AAA teams had two guys that. Went D1. played D1 hockey. When yeah. did yeah. the college calls start to come for you? Was it because you said it about late. the growth spurts? So was yeah. it after you turned so, to senior? Yeah. So my – I'm my uh, it would have been my junior year of high school. Um, this is the long way around it. But my junior year of we high school – got all the time yeah. in the world. It's a podcast. My, after my junior – Three hours is fun. Yeah, <laughs> after my junior year of high school um, or during that year of hockey – um, we played against TI, Team Illinois, and they were one of the powerhouses of AAA hockey. And um, I played well, and the coach said it, 
come down here next year. Um, and I ended up staying um, for my senior year at home and played with all the guys I grew up with. And it was kind of one of those things like I didn't I didn't want to be the guy that went to Chicago. Like right. there was guys the, that the had done it. Trader, so to speak. And yeah. yeah, and like there were guys had who had done it. And I mean, obviously it works. Everyone has their own situation, yeah. right? So, um, but I felt like it was best if I stayed at home and finished high school here and um, played triple A hockey here. Right. At Brookfield East. At Brookfield East, all my friends there. And uh, so I did. And then I I really, I had some like lower level junior team tryouts and stuff like that. And um, Jim Markey, who is the head coach at Team Illinois, told me like, hey, come down, play here. Yep. And so it's kind of like a post-grad thing. I was, I was done with high school, um, but still eligible to play midget. And so I did. And so I would drive down there for practices and we had a really good year and we took second in nationals and that's kind of when everything started really rolling. I think a few schools talked to me after nationals, um, junior teams were talking to me and that's ended up getting drafted in the USHL by Cedar Rapids and then go there, make the team. And then that's really when everything starts to pick up. Sure, sure. Well, you and I have talked about this before, and I hope it's okay that we talk about it. But uh, I asked you, why not Wisconsin? Because you grew up such a Badger fan and, right. and, and all of that, and you don't end up playing for Madison when yeah. you had the career that you had at that young age. Right, yeah. It was it was one of those things. It, it kind of became a little bit of a, um, a mantra that uh, my coach, Mark Carlson, Cedar Rapids, and I had a, a – uh, they brought me in for a visit. It Wisconsin actually, did. Yeah, I, I went in for a visit, but it was um, an unofficial. And so I uh, actually I was coming back from Christmas break, and they had the Badger Hockey Showdown yep. in Madison at the time. Yep. And so I went Probably in, had just moved to Madison, actually, yeah, from it's probably, the Bradley yeah, not a, which was another thing. We always went to that like right, when right. I was growing up. That was like a holiday tradition. But um, so I'm leaving my house, and – I get into Madison, watch a game, talk with them, um, and then it's a there's a blizzard, like it's a blizzard to get back to Cedar Rapids, which it should take like three hours or so, sure. and it ended up taking me like six and a half hours to drive from Madison to Cedar Rapids so that I could practice the next day. So that was kind of crazy, but yeah, they ended up, um, you know, they offered me books and food, and um, it was just kind of one of those things, like I, you know, is it is that really going to give me the best chance to, right. to play and to develop? Obviously the- I, I wanted to be there really badly. And, um, I actually talked with coach about it and he said, Hey, like, I realized like that's where Which you coach? always coach Carlson coach, in Cedar Rapids. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he said, you know, I, I realized that's where you always wanted to play. And so he's like, I'm not saying like, there's a bad decision here, but he was like, if they're offering you books and food, like you have to realize too, they've probably got two guys on scholarship ahead of you. Yeah. Right. And so, it was kind of one of those things, well, do I want to be a Badger or do I really want to play college totally hockey, hockey. And, and really play? And so at that point, I decided it was a no-go. And actually, that was my first year in Cedar Rapids and then spent another year in Cedar Rapids and, and uh, ended up committing to Union. I'm, I'm curious because they always told me in Madison, no player has a full ride. Yeah, it's all three. At best, it's three quarters, right? Yeah, and, and, and I want to get that because that's the misnomer. People always right. say, "Oh, he has got a full ride. He's got a full ride to this school, this school, this right. school." And maybe there's that in football, right? But I don't know that there is in really any other sport. Yeah, I and I can't really speak to it too much because Union 
it doesn't give athletic scholarships. Okay. So, so you ended up getting. So I ended up. I got. Uh, I got academic money, and I got a like an academic scholarship um, to go to Union, and um, it worked. And it was one of those things too, that it for me it was nice. Like like you said, there's not a full scholarship, but someone's getting money, and like where does that like? Not that there's ever you know we're gonna play this guy because he's our Cause guy, he's the scholarship right? guy like that yeah. but it does as a kid it you know you can kind of slot yourself in a little bit right. sure and it was kind of one of those things at union nobody has that academic money like they're that was one of the selling points for me it was like hey like if you're playing well like you're the guy like yeah right. like and you're not the first of, round draft pick. It, was, it was a meritocracy type thing and so i kind of like that and you know it, it worked so um, but yeah, I don't know too much. I mean, about you didn't deal with. I didn't have to deal specifics, with specifics. Yeah, but I mean, I know like the, you only get like eighteen scholarships right. or something Absolutely. like that. Yeah, and right. it's fifteen up to, or it's up the, to you to break it up however you sure, want. Sure, the coach right. can distribute right. the them coach, however exactly. he wants. Yeah, if he wants fifteen full rides, he can, or right. you know, however however it, it breaks right. down. Yeah, yeah. But while you're in Cedar Rapids, obviously you play with a lot of different guys there. But one of the one of your teammates is a current teammate now, Matt Donovan. Yep. So yeah, Dono and I played together for one year in Cedar Rapids, and um, Dono was actually still in high school. Was he? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so he uh, he finished up high school in, in Cedar Rapids, and um, so he was there the year prior to me, and then, and my, then your first my first year, year then first he year went there. to Denver, and so and then I played another year after he had left too. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's funny. So like it's I small said, world. small, small Hockey's world. such a small world. Yeah. So, and, and so you go to union then and you've got, you know, you have some pretty good success there, yeah. right? Including your junior year, junior year, right? For go to the, make it to the frozen four. Uh, it was my sophomore your year. Sophomore year. Yeah. First time in union history. Yeah. Team makes it to the, to the frozen four. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it, like we talk about it still, it, it was just kind of like, a little bit of a, like a golden age of union hockey, I feel like. And, um, you know, I was lucky, like our recruiting class was awesome. And obviously I played with Carr there. Daniel right. Carr. Daniel Card, okay um, player. Um, so yeah, my freshman year, I didn't play really at all. Keith Kincaid was our starter. And uh, <laughs> I got a great story about Keith Kincaid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love to hear it. It doesn't have anything to do with what Keith did, but uh, <laughs> it, it was a misprint in the newspaper. But, uh, well, we, I'll, tell, I'll tell it to you real fast. Keith Kincaid goes on to play in Albany or something like mm -hmm. that. And this is a podcast, so I'm going to apologize for the profane language. He's got a shutout one night. Uh, and the headline in the newspaper, and Jason Chamovich, who's the uh, the vice president of communications for the AHL, would send, used to send this out almost on a yearly basis on why you proofread. It says something like, Kincaid stops 50 shits and shut up, win. <laughs> and every time I see Keith Kincaid's name, like on a crawl or whatever, it's the first thing I think of. That's awesome. And the comments from like the PR, all the, you know, all the witty PR people are pretty uh, funny. Yeah. My favorite was from Dan Weiss in uh, San, Antonio. San Antonio. It says, says something like Kincaid sounds like a great suppository. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I apologize. No worries. Uh, yeah, so my freshman year was actually the first time Union made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And we lost in the first round to Duluth, who ended up winning it. And then um, <laughs> then, then right after that, it was kind of like a, it was, there was a little bit of like turmoil. Uh, that might not be the right word, but uh, Keith leaves, he signs, and then 
uh, Nate is he, Lehman. He's a Devils, a Devils prep, yep. uh, draft yeah, pick? Yeah, he signed with the Devils. And uh, so Keith leaves, and then a few days after, uh, Nate Lehman gets hired by Providence. So the union right away has Coach Bennett become the head coach, um, which was easy because Coach Bennett recruited most of us. So yeah. um, that was good. And uh, But all of a sudden, I'm because my freshman year, we had Corey Milan, who was a senior, started before Keith, and then Keith. And so all of a sudden, two goalies gone. I'm the only guy left Fair, on, the, yeah. on the roster. And um, so we have two freshmen come in, and um, Coach Bennett kind of said, hey, like, you're, you're the man. I know you. You've got like a grand total of like 90 minutes of, <laughs> of, of collegiate of hockey. Collegiate hockey, but like you're the, you're kind of like the only guy that has it. So it's your ball. Run with it. And so it kind of did. But I'll never forget. We played uh, that f- our first game that year was against Army, and Army was al- like Army was always just like that team. Like you knew it was going to be a tough game it's no matter a, you, what. They if, you would, if you had to stereotype Army as it's, a hockey team. Yeah, that's what you're going to get. Like, they're yeah. going to work hard, and, like, they're not going to give you an easy game. Yeah. And uh, it was like, it was super early, and I, like, I made a pretty, like, just standard save, and the guy just whacks home the rebound, like, right in front of me, and I was just like, all right, uh, 50% save percentage here in college <laughs> hockey. All right, uh, going pretty well. But uh, we ended up winning, like, 8-1, to one, so um, – I mean, our team was just like I said. Like we were really good. We had Jeremy Welsh, who ended yeah, up signing Charlotte with Carolina. Carolina. Um, I think he played a few games for the Blues and Canucks too. Um, Josh Jarris was in yeah. my class with Dan Card. The Flames. Like yeah, played with the Flames. He's, he was all over for a couple of years there. Now he's playing in Switzerland. Um, and I mean Matt Bodie, who was playing. He played in Hartford. Um, yeah. He's playing in Sweden now. Um, yeah, we were we were a really good team. We had a couple of other guys. I think pretty much other than other than one guy, I think my whole class played at least one year of professional hockey. Somewhere. Do you know if you're good in college? Like like because it college hockey is still so local. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I mean, you might not know what's going – you certainly wouldn't be paying attention to what's going on in Anchorage right. and Fairbanks or Colorado College maybe, all of that stuff, right? I mean, it's such a it, – it, it's still it's – it's the one sport in the NCAA that stays in yeah. its area. And I think that was actually a little <laughs> bit of a godsend for me like because I, I grew up idolizing the Badgers. And right. so, like – and just watching all those teams and, like, as a kid, just being like, these guys are – Really good. The but, old but WCHA you, was exactly. Awesome. I was gonna say, you know, Minnesota and North right. Dakota and so, so and all of them. And, and so I think if I would have been thrust into that, it, it would have been an awe. Like, yeah, it would have been a the, little. Oh bit my of gosh, like the history of like, everything. Yeah, and so like playing at Union, like obviously there's tons of hockey history out there too, but. I wasn't as in tune to it. Right. I you didn't know it. And, and so, like, and I, Union doesn't have a great hockey history. At least I, you don't hear about until Union. Until you guys got there. Right. Yeah. Well, like, I think, I think it was like the 25th anniversary of, of D1 hockey at Union while yeah. I was there. So, um, but like, like RPI has a great hockey tradition. Sure, like Cornell. Sure. I mean, all those schools yeah. that we play Clarkson, St. Lawrence, like there's really good hockey history there, but I wasn't as in tune with it. And so, I think by the time like I'd had I'd played a few games, I'm like, okay, I'm like I can handle you can college do this. hockey. Yeah. And then then we kind of got out and 
played, I don't remember if it was my sophomore or junior year, but we played CC in Denver at CC in Denver. So like that was pretty cool for me. And, right. um, you like, I, I, the question is like, do you know if you're good? I, it's kind of hard. Like you look, obviously the polls come out every week and right. like, you can only know so much, but like you would see like, okay, well, like we played Cornell, tied Cornell and then Cornell would go and beat Michigan or something. We played, sure. played Michigan too, actually while I was at school. That's actually, that's a really good story, actually. So I, we go, we bus to Michigan from Schenectady. To Yost Arena. To, to Yost. We come in. How far? That's got to be eight, it was nine hours. I want to say it was 10-ish. Sure. Um, so I don't know if, like, how someone told me that we were supposed to play Michigan state and Michigan that week. And for whatever reason, the Michigan state game didn't work out. So we bust 10 hours to play one game. Oh, really? <laughs> Cause and that is the common thing is you've hit them both. And yeah. it's a Sunday game. Cause we played, uh, the day before we went to the Ohio state, Michigan game at the big house. And so Michigan won, like we got our picture on the field and all that stuff. And, go back to the hotel and like that night like I'm not feeling like real well kind of like I threw up a few times or whatever but my parents I'd say that qualifies for not feeling well my parents had come to Ann Arbor and uh I think it was going to basically be the first time they saw me play Play in in college college. and I was also jacked up because I wanted to beat Michigan because I grew up a Wisconsin kid and I hated the Wolverines so I, I, I was like, there's no way I'm not playing this game. Like this isn't going to, so wake up for breakfast and I go over to our trainer, Cheryl, and I'm like, I'm not feeling so like great. Like, do you have any like medicine I can take? So she gives me some medicine. She's like, well, like I didn't tell her that I was throwing up or anything. Cause right. I knew that that, that would be, that be would like, be a, I got warned go to coach. And so, yeah. so we play, we end up winning, I think like five, two or five, three, something like that. And I'm talking to my parents after the game and like, I can't even like, I'm struggling to stand up. Like I'm literally like squatting, talking to my mom, looking up at my mom. And she's like, are you all right? I was like, I've been throwing up like the past 24 hours. And so finally she was like, well, go talk to somebody. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I talked to Cheryl and I fill her in. And she was like, well, thanks for the heads up. Yeah, thanks for telling <laughs> us. And so get on the bus. We're driving through the night back, back to Schenectady. And I can't keep anything down. Like Gatorade, nothing. Like it was like it was the most miserable I've been. Headache, everything. So we get back, and another one of the guys, um, I, I want to say it was like a shoulder type thing. Uh, it was actually Trevor Mangoya. Oh, really? Yeah. So played with him <laughs> at Union too. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's kind of said, okay, well, we got back at such such a time where nothing was really open like the doctor's office wasn't open and she's like how about like i swing by like pick you guys up we can go to the doctor in like two hours and so i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna make it like i'm i'm feeling terrible so she's like okay we'll take you over to the er so go over the er chest x-rays everything turns out i have pneumonia Okay. Wow. So, and the doctor, like, they filled me up with like three IVs. They they said once once you go to the bathroom, like, you can leave. Like, here's the medicine, all that good stuff. And so I I finally 
do my business and I leave and the doctor said like if you weren't like a young in shape athlete like you would be here for like two more days wow and so I was on I was on bed rest for a week just did you play the next weekend no I like I had one weekend off like recovered got a week of practice and then and played then again. back in but yeah it was bad like i lost something like 15 pounds something wow. like that it was crazy man i'm sure you were not a big kid either no. right like yeah didn't weigh it was a lot. nuts it was yeah i just i remember like obviously being like an athlete like watching what you eat a little bit and uh i remember cheryl saying eat whatever you can as often as you can like you need to get your body weight back up so i was like all right okay but like for i mean i literally had no appetite for the first couple of days after like sure. I was you would diagnosed. think that that might turn into like a t-shirt like you could sell like i beat michigan with pneumonia <laughs> yeah right no, yeah like, it was i mean you could sell it right in, in it. To, to go to east lansing and just sell them to uh <laughs> yeah. to staters yeah i mean it was yeah it was just one of those crazy things like i like i had no clue how bad it was until i mean i guess you know young and dumb but right yeah it was crazy but when you play when you play in the Frozen Four, what's that like? Where was it? Where what was it like? It was in Tampa. It was awesome. Um, At Amelia Arena. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't remember if they if, if that it was, was called the name, that but or yeah, not. Yeah, but it's the the Lightning's Arena. The Lightning yeah. Arena. So yeah, we played it down there. It was like really cool. Like did kind of like a Harbor Cruise the day before and um, lost to Ferris State. Um, is it like a bowl game? Like they always talk about swag bags that yeah. athletes get for bowl games. Do you get that if you make the Frozen Four? We got some stuff, but it wasn't like anything crazy that I remember as far as that. What I remember you was – You get the latest iPad or anything like that. It was, no, but it was so funny. <laughs> like even during the tournament, like I, think, like I think we played two regionals in Bridgeport and one in Providence. And the ones in Bridgeport, Union's such a small school, like we don't really have like a band – Right. So they would hire. They hired out Sacred Hearts band and put <laughs> Union shirts on them. So like we had a band for for yeah. the playoffs and well, stuff. Well, play, but, but you're playing Ferris State too, which is not a big school. Yeah, the alma mater of uh, Greg Rollo. And I don't remember if we had a band down in Tampa or not, but I remember. I think it was like the first time I ever saw our mascot, and our mascot was <laughs> <laughs> it was scary looking, man. Like it's like we're the Dutchmen, so like what can yeah, you really do with right, that? But with like clogs on. Like you'd think they could have gone somewhere else. It was like this big like kid putting kid, his finger oh, in the dam. It was, it was funny, yeah. man. Like that. It it was. I could see how kids could get nightmares from that guy, for sure. <laughs> That's great. There's no football at Union, is there? There's a D3 team. They actually, yeah, they actually, I just saw something on Twitter. I think they won their league um, this year. Oh, so Union you football actually, they weren't super good when I was there, but um, they're pretty, like, uh, Very competitive. for a while, like, in the, I think it was, like, the late 80s, early 90s. They, they were, were winning national they championships. championships yeah. Is it an event? Like, I mean, is it something you guys went to? I or went to a few games. I mean, it was, like, it was one of those things, too. I was, like, college football, like, I'm picturing, like, Camp Randall Stadium. Yeah, you know? Absolutely, and right. So, the big like, house there, in Michigan. Yeah, right? that type of stuff. And so, I mean, it was good. And like, you had some buddies that. on the team, but, it, yeah, it's yeah. not that. Yeah. So, like, but it was cool, like – um, the rink and the football field are right next to each other, and there's kind of like this grassy area in between. You could just go hang out up on the grassy area, and that's kind of what we did. And there's, an, uh, there's an old story of uh, at, at Wisconsin where they brought in, and I think it was Steve Yoder was the head coach, and they're playing at the field house, and they brought in this major recruit, and it was going to be the biggest one they'd ever landed. And he's looking around the place. He's like, man, this is fantastic. I can't believe you have all of this for a practice court. Where do you play? 
and this was <laughs> this was the where they play. Yeah, this right. was, there is nothing better, right? Yeah, now, buddy. Right. No, it's <laughs> funny. Like even and like I loved playing in like the smaller arenas out east, and like Cornell was an awesome place to play. Just kind of like a horseshoe, really low ceiling, but only seats like three or four thousand so right. like so it's people like, on it's, top of each other yeah it was just the different type of college hockey atmosphere compared yeah. to what i grew up with obviously with like nhl eight. style rinks like right. like right. the cole center like, and ralph and all that tony, type, all those places tony Herkus has told us that you know he when he was at north dakota and he'd come to wisconsin and they'd play at the, at the uh, coliseum at the coliseum the alliant energy center now yeah. like it was just it was rowdy. Yep. Like the you could reach over the like fans could reach well, over the and like those the top boards of the were the bounciest boards ever. Like you could, it was like wrestling ropes. Yeah, you'd, you'd bounce <laughs> off of those things and shoot right back. Those were unbelievable yeah. boards. Yeah, it's just it's just funny because I like some of the funnest places to play were were actually those like small rinks in the ECAC, like 180 Lawrence, feet or 190. Yeah, feet like St. Lawrence or... was awesome. Like it was always rocking in there. Clarkson was awesome. It was always rocking in there. And I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere, you know. Right. And um, I mean, Union was great. Like the un- like our rink was so cool because it was like kind of like a wooden dome, and like it seats on two sides. But that it like it got so loud in there. Like especially when we played RPI. Like there were times. Like you couldn't hear yourself thinking there is just packed yeah. to the gills. So it was it was a lot of fun. So you finish up college and you're not drafted, right? So how does that process work? Like we hear about this, you know, a lot every year. This guy signed as a college free agent, but are you recruited? Do you have multiple offers, or is it just like you take? And do you have an advisor slash agent handling yeah. all of yeah. this, or is it your dad? Or no, like I I never had an advisor until after my sophomore year at Union, and um, so I like I, I had a good sophomore year, and all of a sudden there's teams reaching out, there's advisors reaching out, and so I kind of like had to make a decision, and I said to myself, well, it's one year of college hockey, like. I don't think I'm fully prepared to play pro hockey. So once I made that decision, I was like, okay, but now, like, obviously I'm on the radar, like, should probably get some help. So, like, talked to some advisors, made my decision, um, and landed, like, still my agent today, uh, Dan. And, <laughs> and, uh, you're lucky. Yeah. It, right? Yeah, for sure. You've like, heard horror stories. Yeah. Like, and they're great. So Dan Plant actually played at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Played for yep. the Wolves, too. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Dan's my agent, um, and actually, uh, Matt Teasling was with him. Now he's gone. Now he's uh, scouting for Buffalo. But um, so those were my agents, and um, they're great. Like I, I'm kind of a simple guy, so like they kind of just said, "Hey, like we're here for whatever you need, and um, if you want to know about everybody reaching out, like fine. If you don't, I was like, just save it. Like I don't want to know during the season." And so then after my junior year, we had to actually – That's <laughs> mature. Would that have killed you if had you known? I mean – Like you'd have been like, okay, San Jose is reaching out, but why isn't Boston? Or Would you have done something like that? I don't think so. But for me, it's, it's just all about just keeping things as simple as possible. Yeah. Right? And, like, I just – I want to stop the next puck. That's it. Like, yeah. That's kind of like – it's the way I approach the game. It's kind of like the way I approach life. Like if there's things going on around that I can't control, like – Get them out. Yeah, I like the second I start worrying about that, every the stuff that I can't con- control right, right, is gonna. Right. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go to hell yeah. too. Um, 
so I was, yeah, I call him a chair, just whatever. That was just the decision I made. And uh, so we lose, um, we lose, lose to Quinnipiac uh, in the, in the tournament in the second round. And uh, I'm thinking like, okay, I'll, I'll reach out to my agent in a week. Like I'm going to let this sink in, enjoy my time with my teammates. And uh, we get back to school and uh, Coach Bennett said something like, hey, like we've got a good team. Just if anyone is thinking about leaving, come see us. We'll talk, but like we want to be able to get on top of things. And I was like, I haven't even talked to my, my agent, agent. right? But I, I said, like, I, so I go up and I, I see Coach and I told him, like, well, I, I don't know who's interested, but I know it's probably a possibility. Um, just giving you a heads up. And he said, thanks. Like, like it's important to know. And so I, I, I wasn't even expecting to have to make that like, Hey, I'm, I was, I was like, I think I thought that was a week away at least. Right. And you're uh, you're thrust into it. Yeah. So thrust into it. So I was like, well, better, better call Dan. And so I do. And Dan's like, well, yeah, there's some team, a lot of teams interested. And, um, like I knew from the year before, uh, so if I would have stayed my senior year, I would have aged out of the entry level system. Right. Um, so just monetarily a, a bonus if, if I can, if I stay. Um, and so I knew, cause while she had done it before that he, that he burned the entry level with the last month or whatever, the NHL season. Right. And, uh, so I said, well, if there's that many teams, like, how about we ask if anyone who will let me burn who a year? Will let me burn the year, and then be out of the entry level system. And um, came back, and there, uh, you know, just a handful of teams left. And uh, and and he, so he was kind of Dan's, kind of like going through. And he's like, this is a good spot. Like, they're, they're looking for a young goalie, this type of stuff. And he's like, he's like, honestly, I think San Jose is probably a pretty good fit. But he was like, if you got to realize, like, if they're offering to burn a year like we like we're not messing around with this like that's like a pretty that's a pretty important decision for like that gm that, to make i don't want to be i don't right? want to be throwing jerk him around away. right and, and so, just let, let me just to be clear so people are listening might not understand to burn a year a typical entry level deal is going to be three years depending on your age and if when you say burn a year that means they call you up right and so the end so the last month of the season that's year one of your contract right. so it's two more years before you become a restricted free agent and then it's just sooner to free agency right Rem that like was going through Rem that Pitlick right now did with... that exact same thing last year with the with the predators right and the thing was because of my age like that one year was it like i was signing a deal sure. after that that wasn't entry level at so all. you're so yeah. you didn't even so you were just you your entry level was done that year right so like i was out and um I mean, we agreed to the the next deal, and um, I, the biggest thing for me though was like I didn't want to sign one year. I right. wanted to sign multiple years. Right. You know, just like just to have some it's, certainty in your life. Exactly, and just knowing through the steps, you know, it's always that first year, that transition year that might not go so hot. You know, you're picking up to a you? new game, and yeah. then. All of a sudden, you're a oh, first-year pro that doesn't have a job at yeah. the end of his first year, and you're saying, "Well, what am I doing now?" So that was the the biggest thing for me was to get a two-year commitment out of out of school. So, um, 
that's kind of what we did. And, um, you know, like I said, San Jose was awesome. They knew I wanted to finish up school. Um, and we talked about that and they were great with it. And, uh, I actually stayed. So I went, like I said before, like went out for the five days, did my thing, stayed at school, finished my spring term and then stayed at school for the summer. My biggest thing too, before finding out before signing was making sure I could graduate before, Mm -hmm. um, before I left and we were able to work it out with the school and I basically I stayed the summer term um, and then was able to uh, get some credits so my thesis I did all the research and stuff and then actually wrote it and what was your thesis we just talked about this the other day it was money ball and hockey yeah which is pretty (laughs) cool yeah it was cool Um, because it's more and more that way yeah it was like Charlie and I talked about it the other day it was it's hard though when like at that time too, like advanced stats were pretty, exist. they, they existed, but it was also like, it was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like privatized. Like yeah, you didn't everybody have had that, their own thing. Right. And it wasn't public information. Right. Yeah. Um, now like you have stat guys that There's do it charts you, everywhere. Yeah, all, all over the place. So it'd be, probably be a little it's bit like easier. Time on ice now. in the American hockey league. It's it, such a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we just, we, I, I mean, I tried to do, I think we did like, they had like coursey stats and stuff like that out that I could find. And so I was able to do some stuff with that. And then a lot of it was um, just kind of case studies. Like I remember one of the case studies was when uh, the Penguins traded for James Neal. There was an article out there that um, the the Pittsburgh analytic guys said he's got a, I forgot exactly what they called it, but like a, he's got a high rate of efficiency scoring on grade A's or something like that. Yeah. And if, if we stick him with some of our players, he's going to have more grade A's and he's going to score a lot he's of goals. Be, and so and like, did. it was just one of those things where I could say, Hey, like, obviously it's out there. Obviously it works. So what was your, what was your summation then? What, what, what was the, uh, the answer to your thesis? I think it, it came down to like time of possession. Like I used Corsi as a, as kind of like a, just a stat for time of possession, just the more shot attempts you have, the more you have the puck. Yeah. And that's really what it came down to. But it's hard. It's not as cut and dried as baseball, right? Like just because you are like, you could potentially, and I'm not saying any hockey player would ever do this because at the end of the day, like <laughs> it's probably a bad idea, right. but you could artificially inflate your coursey numbers by just shooting, shooting everything. Right? Absolutely. Right. Get to the blue line Shuckers and rip it. In basketball. So, yeah. yeah so like, it's hard. Like, there's always going to be some error to it. And, and Corsi's, those stats have developed, you know, to, to rate. Sure. They rate the chances, right. right? A shot from the blue line is not going to have the same as between the uh, circles, value right. as between, right, between the circles. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I did one, too, that it kind of uh, – it's a told, totally different thing. Like, I basically – if I were to do it and fully be able to do it the way and put – however much money and effort it would cost yeah. into it. It would definitely have to do with um, like grade A type chances and like what's a goalie safe percentage on like these grade A's. Like let's take out the shots from the red line. Like, right. We should probably stop those ones. We're thinking any NHL goalie is going to stop that one. So is that really – are you really finding a difference in players with those shots? Right. Probably right. not. Right. So it would definitely – I'd definitely try to find a way to – 
get all the grade A's and then you can work on save percentages from there, shooting percentages from there. Well, how many times you create a grade A. That that's just stuff. it. And that's the one for me is how many times you create one, right? Because right. it's one thing if you have 20 shots, but if seven of them are from between the circles, right. that's pretty darn good as exactly. opposed to the guy who's you know, crossing the blue line and throwing it on the goal. Right, right. For sure. So, so like there's just so many different ways you could get at it if you were able to have the resources to just – chart every grade A yep. in, in the league. Yep. Well, you know some people. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> get, it, get it going. Hey, I shouldn't be giving away all my secrets. <laughs> yeah, I need a job right, at, exactly. Need a right. job after all I'm these great ideas. So like, yeah, exactly. I'm curious, when you were talking about all of this and burning the entry-level year, uh, is the money all basically the same? And you don't have to get into what the offers were, but is it all one uh, two-way deals and it's pretty standard all the way around the contract that you see it's just a matter of who was willing and then whoever you liked best after yeah. that yeah it was pretty all similar um i didn't want my i wanted my the way too like and talking dan was the best at it um like you could get offered something huge off the bat but if it's if it's not the right situation are you going to have money are you going to have another contract after that after that right. sure. so you can look at it in two ways, like, and it's one of the things that I've, it's not necessarily all make money now. It's what's setting me up to keep have making money later, and have yeah. success and right. be able to keep <clears throat> getting contracts in the future. Yeah. And we've seen many examples of agents not as good as yours who would tell a guy, hey, you're making the NHL for sure. They you know, 1.2 yeah. up at the NHL, and you're making 40 grand in the AHL, and suddenly the guy's down in the AHL. He's like, "What's going on?" Right. And that costs him a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's good to hear that there are good agents out there, not just you know, For money sure. sucking leeches. When we, uh, when I first met you, the Admirals visited San Jose, and I had asked, and and I'm not a big guy to talk to goalies on game days, and I think you and I have yeah. developed that over the over the last couple of years. But you were nice enough to give me a couple of minutes because it was your hometown team. Is that was that the reason? Do you remember? Honestly, like I because you no, certainly knew, wouldn't know who I was. No, I well, I actually did. Like I like I mean, you're I kind said, of a big deal. You're a big deal. <laughs> I, well, it was funny too because like I like I remember like the only like AHL teams I followed on Twitter were like the Admirals and like San whoever, Jose. yeah, San or, Jose or, or Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, yeah, and so like I always knew what was going on with the Admirals and. Um, yeah, our, our media guy was like, Hey, uh, Aaron Sims, he's the radio guy from Milwaukee, uh, wants to do an interview with you. Um, I know like, you don't like talking on game days. And I was like, well, first of all, like, I don't, that's a goalie stereotype. That's an absolute stereotype. Like it is. And I have deal with that. Like, I'll tell you what, real quick, Carl Gehring. I don't know if you know Carl or not. Wonderful guy. But we're in Winnipeg. They had three goalies at the time. Carl wasn't going to start, but he might have been the backup. And he didn't want to talk to me until he got clearance, 100% sure that he wasn't going to even dress that night before yeah. he would talk to really? me. Really? Yes. And and Carl's oh a wonderful guy. We great, great relationship, all of yeah. this stuff. But that was his deal, right? And I and I respect that. Yeah. I yeah, and for sure. And I mean, I think everyone respects that type of stuff. But it was one of those things, like. Uh, I think it was Joey that that came over and asked me, and he was like, "I know you don't like talking on games." I was like, "I never told you that." Right? <laughs> like, and we should say that like you're as normal a goalie. That's true. Yes. As we've ever had. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's to me like like I said, like I'm on and off ice. They're separate things. Like I I have my routine and stuff like that, and 
you're not talking to anybody, you know, two hours before the game. Like, that's kind of, like, everyone's time to dial in, right? right? So, like, um, to me, like, that's when things kind of turn on. Like, the rest of the day, like, give an interview, whatever. Like, that's going to have no impact on what I do. After a morning skate, you go into a locker room and everyone is talking, right? right? It's not like you go in and no one's serious for the game already. Like, it's funny, too, because, like, like, Connor and I are pretty, like, we have similar personalities, but, like, during a game like we're very very different like he's like dialed in like doesn't say peep like during the game like whereas i'm like kind of like hey what like what'd you see on that goal like what'd you see like on that power play you got anything like i'm just kind of a chatty kathy like yeah yeah, i want the info and joke around like in between periods nothing like crazy but like you know wisecrack here and there but um to me like i i like to play loose and and like it's when I have you know that tension that that's when things go sideways. Do you sure. talk to officials then? Do you All talk the time. to referees? I mean, is there a good? Is it joking? Is it? Oh, it depends. You, and and is it like an umpire in baseball? Do you have to have a good relationship with the guy who's calling balls and strikes? I think so. Like I think it helps a lot. Um, and like I kind of. Uh, Obviously, there's refs that have been in this league longer. Right, than I was going to say, have. but there's so many new guys, and now there's too. a lot of new guys too. And I think. You know, even just knowing their names, just being like, hey, like, how's it going? Yeah. How's summer? That right. type of stuff. You know, they're human beings. And um, and a lot of them played and, at a high level yeah. somewhere. And, like, I like Dan Kelly was a ref this weekend. He played with me in San Jose. So it was, like, cool to see Kells again. So, like, right. you can joke around. And then, you know, the guys that have been in the league a while, you, like, you'll be like, ah, sorry, blew up on you there. Uh, you know, but they're like, you know, you know, it's a it's a game, like passions run high, like it's all right. right. And they're usually pretty good about it. So, um, no, it, it depends. Like there's times when I'm not very happy with them, but uh, in you, general try to try to build a relationship. Normal skaters, there's trash talk going oh, yeah. on. Like does that happen between a goal? Is a guy stationed right in front of you and you're like, boy, you know, lay off the cheeseburger. Yeah, fatty, right? Curtis it's McKenzie's nothing. in front of you in yeah. Chicago, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll never initiate it with another guy, but – um, and it's rare that like usually if someone wants the to game chirp moves me, too fast, right? Uh, yeah, it moves really fast, and like during the game, like I'm pretty puck focused. Yeah, and I'll, 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 like in I'll between whistles, so. if somebody says something, like I might just wink at them or something yeah. like that, and just feel like that gets like the the itch under their skin a little bit more, right. or something like that. My f- but, my favorite ref story. I'm going to tell you. Charlie knows this. We're playing in Hamilton. The Admirals are playing in Hamilton. And Lane Lambert once, he was big on hard rims. So from our blue line, and, the, and it was a second period, so we're going to get a change uh, on that, on the other side, other blue line, on that side, on the right side of the ice. So Reed Cashman is going to do a hard rim from our blue line. He re- reads an assistant with the Washington Capitals now. And Reed winds up and nails Coho in the back. <laughs> Terry Koharski just takes it smack in the number on the, on the back, right? Number 98, and he, if and I'm not wrong. No, that was Ten, yeah, yeah. He, he was number 10. Yeah. He is still number 10. Terry's still working. And Terry drops, and he's in agony, right, just screaming. It's just, oh, son of a, all of this stuff. Mark Santarelli, Mike's brother, Mark Santarelli, skates by and says, it's part of the game. (laughs) And and Terry gets up and he says, it's on now. And he goes to the Admiral's bench and he's wagging a finger at every guy. 
and Reed is sitting on the bench, and somebody's telling him, and I don't remember who, you got to apologize. you got to say, what do I do now? Like, he's too hot. I can't yeah. apologize now. Then there was a BS penalty not long thereafter, and Hamilton scored on the power play. But that's why I ask if you got to be on the good side, because yeah. Mark Santarelli certainly turned him against. I, I try to, and <laughs> I've I've seen both sides of Coho. I mean, Cole is, I mean, he's awesome. <laughs> right? like, uh, you know what you're getting with him. A hundred percent. He's been around and forever. It, yeah, and he, he calls an old school game, and it's <laughs> awesome. But I remember I was playing in San Jose. We were playing in Stockton, and I had my stick ripped out of my hand. And Stockton scores, and I'm going nuts. And I'm like, Cole, you probably use some words I should Colorful know. language. And Coho got right back in my face, set me in my place, but, it, uh, you know, I was... <laughs> Whatever, and but Coho now and I like Coho was actually at the All Star game last year, um, so like j I was able to hang out with him away from the rink too, and um, but it was funny like during the uh, during like I think it was I don't remember it was before the game or before the skills competition, but Coho was like right in front of me. And he's about to be announced as the ref, and he's like, "Just wait for it. They love me here." And so <laughs> Terry Kohashi, yeah. just eating it up, big smile on his face. It was great. That's so great. Let Let's talk a little bit about your 16, 16, 17 season. You are the I think that's the year the year that you win the goalie of the year in the American Hockey League. That's right, sixteen seventeen season. Yes. I don't I yes. don't know so. which year it was, but yes. it sounds what, right. Like you led the AHL and basically all goaltending stats. I think he had 10, 10 shutouts. shutouts. Uh, at what point do you know, like, this is going to be a good season and, like, things are going my way? Or does it, is it never like that? Is it it like was kind of weird at the beginning of that season because for whatever reason, I either got a shutout or I gave up five. It was really weird. Uh, like, I don't even – like, you could probably go – back and look at it but i remember i actually did earlier sitting at the all-star game and i was like i maybe won like one or two games that weren't shutouts <laughs> like going into the all-star game right and it was just one of those things i like i was coming off a really bad year and it was one of those like i kind of just reset and like i had a sour taste in my mouth and you know i was really really thankful um Evgeny Nabokov kind of like turned me around and he said, "Hey, like, was he if, coaching? Yeah, he okay. was. He was he our goalie coach. He wasn't so my like, I had a, a bad year, and Nabby that was Nabby's first year as a goalie coach. And like halfway through the year, like, just things aren't going well. Like I'm, it's like, like the proverbial like gripping your stick too tight, trying to do t too much. And Nabby just kind of said, "Hey, like, you're a good goalie. Like, we're gonna change a couple things." Nabby ended up setting me up with with my now trainer, Adam. Um, and so like Nabby helped me through like a really dark period in my hockey career. And then all of a sudden, like the next year, like pucks are just hitting me and it's just working. And it was, it was one of those things. And I remember actually, we were sitting at dinner in Bakersfield and one of the guys, like we had a good team, like Daniel Regan was on that team, yeah. Barkley Goodrow, Ryan Carpenter. Colin uh, Blackwell. Colin Blackwell. Um, Adam Haluka. Adam Haluka was on that team, yeah. And we were sitting down, and the guys are kind of going through, like, oh, who do you think's going to make the All-Star game? And I was like, well, Goody probably will make it. Oh, Regan's going to make it. And 
someone was like, Troy, you're going to make it. I was like, I don't think so. Like, I, like it wasn't on my radar. And then so and you like, planned another vacation, as oftentimes happens with guys. We, They're going to somewhere warm. I believe we were talking about going to visit my father-in-law in Florida. We did that one year. I don't know if we had planned that or not. But it was it was a little fortuitous, too, because we actually played here the game before the All-Star game. That's true, game. Right. yes. And we thank you for that because I think there was 200 Grosnick. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy like, couple of days. Humongous yep. Grosnick contingent. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was, I don't think it was a weekend. I think it was a weekday, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, yeah, Friday probably. So. It was probably like a Friday, yeah. I'm thinking. All right, well, then maybe we did have a good crowd besides. But anyways, I yeah, apologize for interrupting. That was crazy, too. That was a lot of fun. Um Obviously, I had no like it wasn't on the radar that I was going to come back and play here. So, I mean, tons of people like like you said, there's tons of people there, and I just remember <laughs> I was in the visiting locker room, and like I was still in my gear, like like in my gitch, and just saying hi to everybody. And I was like, I like holy man, like like the the, line the arena <laughs> staff are out of here, like locking <laughs> up. They're like, this guy hasn't showered yet. Uh, Tyler Carpenter was actually awesome for me. Like he now he's working for the Wolves, but yeah. he was the locker room attendant over there. Yeah. And um, you know he kind of was like, "Hey, like you want to like shower up at least?" Like, kind of everyone's closing up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." So like shower up, still say some goodbyes, but then I gotta get my bag out of there because I have to take it to the All Star game. Right. <laughs> so like I'm carrying Which my is in bag. Allen Allenton, Pennsylvania. Or yep. Yeah. And so. Like, my parents had planned a dinner for just kind of, like, closer family. Um, and so, like, I put my bag in my dad's car and went to dinner and then... Drove home like it was sort of like as well, a kid no, coming home from... That ended up being a really late night, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we went to dinner and then I met up with some of my buddies and all the guys from the Barracuda were out because you're either going to the All-Star game or you're going somewhere or you you're going flight home. the next so day, yeah. The guys enjoyed a night out in Milwaukee and then I, we had a, I had a super early morning flight, I remember, because one of my best friends from high school ended up taking me to the airport. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, and then off to the All-Star game. But yeah, that was, that was a really cool experience, just coming home to play the one game. I mean, t to your point, I'll just read off your goals against average from the beginning, or not goals against, goals allowed per game at the beginning of that year. And some of these are in relief. So, like, you didn't have six shutouts in a row. But it goes 3 0 6 5 0 0 2 4 0 0 0 0 four yeah like like to your point like you're either stopping all of them or none <laughs> yeah. of them it was just one of those things like i uh, is a law of average things like that's why like people ask about shoutouts and stuff like that and i'm like honestly like i can't explain it it's not like uh it's not like you're any more dialed in one game than the other necessarily like there's games that pucks seem to hit you there's games that whatever for whatever reason it goes posting in instead of posting out right and it's just like one of those years like for whatever reason the goals came in bunches yeah. and it wasn't you know one at a time but like the other day i was wa watching pittsburgh boston and i can't even remember who the, the the player was for boston comes down beats the goalie with a uh with a wrister hits the but hits the post but then bounces off his back and into the net. Right. Right. Like <clears throat> another day, it hits and goes over his shoulder. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just. It's one a of those game things. of inches. It's yeah. It's a funny little game. It just sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. We should get close to wrapping this up here, but we need to talk. We about do. We have to talk about uh, 
the NHL game, I think. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's certainly one of the things, and we should go there before I guess the, your return home because it was one thing to play here, and now it's another thing to to live here. But let's, yeah, you get called up, and you have the most saves of anybody in their NHL debut. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, did so you, how long how long in advance did you know you were going to play in this game? A uh, couple, like I had Todd McClellan had told me like a couple days before, like there's a ninety some percent chance that you're going to play in Carolina. But so you get called up a few days before. I had been called up. So actually, I got called up. Maggie was in. Maggie's your wife. Maggie's my wife. We were engaged at the time. She was in Europe with her mom doing uh, just a trip around Europe. And she was supposed to be coming in the next day. And I was supposed to go to Boston Logan and pick her up. Well, because Worcester is, you know, 45 minutes from Boston. And, uh, yeah, well, and even going back a step further, I'm supposed to be playing in Springfield, and I was ha- I was off to a pretty good start, and Roy Sommer calls me in the office, like, I'm literally just about to go put my gear on, mm-hmm. and he calls me into the, the little coach's office in Springfield, and he says, you're not playing tonight, and I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, huh? And I was like, what did I do? And he's like, well, you're going up, so, like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, right. All right. But then I'm sitting there in Springfield, and I, I'll never forget, like, I'm just sitting on the bench like this. And Springfield, like, the where the goalie sits is, like, in the middle of the zone. So, like, you got to be <laughs> you gotta be aware, like, for pucks coming. And I was just sitting there like, oh, man, like, what, I, I got I to gotta get ready. Like, I'm going, going to play in the NHL. And so I get back. I was, Freddie Hamilton was actually living with us. Uh, we had a two-bedroom apartment. He was living in the other room. And I remember coming back, we had just, like, our dog, Martin, was probably, like, a year old. And get back to the apartment, Martin had chewed up my dress shoes. So I'm just like, (laughs) okay, like, Freddie, I got to go over to Kohl's and get some new dress shoes. Like, so do that. And then I'm like, I got to get in contact with Maggie. Well, it's it's night over there. So, like, I'm Facebook messaging her, emailing her, whatever I can. And, like, hey, like, I'm not going to be able to pick you up, like, I'm leaving from Boston Logan right before you're coming in. Right. So that got worked out. They were able to send a taxi or something for her to come back. So I go and actually I meet the team in Tampa, played in Tampa. Then we went up to Columbus. We played in Columbus. And in Columbus is when Todd said, there's a 90 whatever percent chance you're going to play after that game. Tells me you're playing Who's tomorrow. The, is it Martin Jones? I was just going to ask. Is it Niemi? Anti Niemi. So, yeah, it was he was hurt Niemi. or he was the no, one still there? No, he was there. the one still there. So Alex Daylock um, had like a little knee procedure okay. done. And so that's what um, got me the call up. But um, yeah, so I found out pretty much two days in advance that I was playing. Is that too much time? No, it wasn't bad. Like, or anything? It gave, gave my folks a chance to get in there. And I, I, the only time I really remember being nervous was like the night before, which I would have known that I was playing the night before sure, anyway. Right, right. And I I just remember going to sleep like, oh, man, like, what's going to happen tomorrow? It, right? yeah. I woke up, and I still had a little bit of that, but I just kind of said, hey, it's just another hockey game, and that was kind of – that was it. Like, just go through your same thing. It's just another hockey game. You've done yeah. it a million times. and But it wasn't another hockey game, it as was it a, turns out, right? Yeah, it was I – mean, uh, Again, it's the most special, saves by a goalie right? in their first game. Yeah, and like I said, like – I, 
<laughs> yeah, I can't tell you. It's just how, one how of those many... nights that like it happened. Like there's, I, I like somebody yeah, showed me coming and patting you on the pads yeah, and all of that. Somebody stuff. like showed me like a clip of like one of the saves I made. I was like, that should have gone in. Like right. <laughs> you had a lot right. of net to shoot out there. Just whatever that night, just hit me in the hit, pad. Hit the glove yeah. or whatever. And, so, your yeah. par- and your parents are there, yeah. and your brother is th- brother yeah. is there. But Maggie is Maggie there? Maggie got there. So she got there. Yeah. So Maggie had obviously through the day that I was called up, she had a few days to figure things out in Lister, and then she was able to make it down to Carolina for the game too. And, and your dad's there videoing things on the, on his iPad. <laughs> yeah. And we know this because this is goes this is uh, this goes viral. This is on Sports Yeah. Center, sure. Yeah. Right? My dad crying. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and you get in the shutout and uh, your whole family just up in that section up mm-hmm. there just celebrating. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really cool just to be able to, like, share that. I mean, I was only able to hang out with them probably for, like, 15, 20 minutes after before I had to get on the bus to go to the airport because we were going up to Buffalo. Right. Um, But it was awesome just, like, to have them there for it is something, like, I'll never forget. So it was was special. And it was just, like, a really cool time, too. Like, I'll never forget. We kind of – I don't even remember who said it, but it was just kind of, like, like, who knew, like, Right. When we were dry, waking up at 5 in the morning or whatever. Like, it would go like this. this, this. Like so there, it was a cool like moment of reflection. There was too. In the locker room last year, I remember some someone, I don't remember who it is, had a shutout in his NHL debut. And they put a list of goaltenders with shutouts in NHL debut in the locker room. And there you are. There's yeah. your name yeah. on that list. That's that's awesome. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. And like it's 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 one of those things. It's like, yeah, it's cool that it happened. And, but like. You can't you can't rest on you your laurels, exactly. so to speak. Yeah, it's not even that. It's you know, it was. It's all perspective, right? Like, at the end of the day, like that really was just one game in my career. Right, like, right. obviously, it was a big yeah. game and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it was one game in my career, and hopefully, like, you know, the first donut's pretty good. You're gonna have a few more donuts. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> right, know, like, right. I'm not stopping at one. Right, exactly. Let's talk about the trade coming back. Uh, as great as sixteen seventeen was, seventeen eighteen wasn't as San Jose's done a, an interesting thing over the years because you've always shared the net or whoever mm-hmm. was in San Jose, it was always a shared Situation. job. It seems like everybody's got thirty forty games every yep. single season, so yep. it's not like so one guy's taking it and and running with it. Right. They just they don't permit it, whatever the case is. But or ta- talented goalies certainly, yeah. um, but. But seventeen eighteen wasn't certainly how you wanted it to go. No, it was weird. Like it was, it, I, I, I don't even remember who I was talking to about the other day. But all the weird things that happen, and Could, not not necessarily weird, but like big like markers in careers. Like everything happened in like a three month span. So I, Maggie was pregnant. Beckett was born, in on November seventh, and then. Like, I had been dealing with a knee issue, and I didn't know how bad it was, but I ended up being like, okay, I can't play through this anymore. They told me I had a meniscus tear. So, get surgery, like, a week and a half, two weeks after having a kid. Right. So, Maggie <laughs> Maggie had two kids to take care of, basically, because <laughs> I couldn't move off the couch for a couple of days. Um, so, that happened. Worked back from the injury. And, like, yeah, it was a weird year. It wasn't, like... It wasn't like I was playing terrible or anything, but it wasn't, like, as good as the year before. Like, there was no necessarily rhyme or reason, like, just the way it was. And 
Bibbs was having an awesome year. Yeah. And um, so then I I remember, too, right around the trade deadline, like, Maggie always kind of like, what are you feeling, anything? And I was like, Megs, you know what? This is, like, the first year, like, I feel like nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. I literally told her that. And, and every other year, like, And every other year, know, I was like, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe I get thrown in and whatever. Like, yeah. I can't be too sure. But I, for whatever reason, I was just like, I really don't see them moving me. Yeah, how could they like, possibly move me? So, and I – it happened like two days before the deadline. I want to say it was definitely not on the deadline right. day. It so, was. It was a yeah. Sunday. I remember it very <coughs> well. It was a Sunday, and the deadline I think was a Tuesday. So I, I'm at the rink, and I told actually Emerson Clark. Yeah. yeah. I was taking Clarky. I was supposed to take Clarky back to the apartments, and uh, all of a sudden, um, Joe Will, the GM of the Barracuda, says, "Hey Troy, like, uh, can you go up to Roy's office? Like, I want to talk to you." And I didn't think anything of it. Like, I yeah. had been there a while. Like, Joe had pulled me aside to ask, like, questions. Of, like, how's the team? What's like, the in the mood? room. Right, all right. that type of stuff. Like, I hadn't even pieced two and two together. And so, all of a sudden, like, I come into the office and everyone's sitting down. It, like, Joe, Roy, uh, Moosh, who was the assistant coach, Nabby, are all in there sitting down. And I'm like, well, this is weird. This is weird. And then, like, it starts to click in. As, like, Joe's, like, you know, like, we loved having you here, but uh looks like – and I was, like, oh, man, like, I'm getting <laughs> traded. <laughs> and so so I was just, like, kind of sitting there. I'm, like, oh, like, processing everything. Right. And, and Joe's, like, you know, like, we loved having you here. And, and you know, it's hard to see you go because, like, you've been here for a while. But, um you know, we're going to trade you to Nashville and Milwaukee. And, like, he said that, and I was just kind of, like, what? oh. All right. Like really? it was it was like a very like it was I'm supposed like getting traded there's always mixed emotions I suppose but like it was like super bittersweet cuz I loved everyone in that organization. Sure. It was yeah. awesome playing there. And um That's where you learned everything. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the only organization I knew. That you right? knew. I had been around known. for yeah. like 5 years or whatever, 4 years and um yeah, it was kind of like a little family and so then, but then they said, you're going to Milwaukee. And I'm like, oh man, like, that's pretty cool. And I remember too, uh, the trade wasn't finalized or something yet. <laughs> and so Clarkie like sees a door open and, but they had told me like, Hey, stick around here. Like, we don't want anyone, you telling anyone basically like, and so I was like, Clarkie, like get a ride home because right. I might be here for a little bit longer. Yeah. And so Clarkie kind of like gave me a look. He's like. What are, you, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> Clarky finds her at home, and then I text him after, and I say, hey, sorry, like, I got traded. And uh, so I remember, too, calling my mom in the parking lot. I was just going to say, when did you tell your parents? Yeah, so, like, right after the trade's finalized and kind of say my goodbyes to the people at the rink and I'm in the parking lot, I call my mom. I said, Mom, like, I got traded. And she's like, oh, really? And I was like... Yeah, to Milwaukee, and she was like, she, you could tell she was holding back tears. So yeah, right. It was really cool, and then, like, just the first, so Maggie was a saint. Like, she has a three-month-old, and I had to be here in a couple days. Obviously, we had to, like, find a way to pack up everything in the apartment. So Maggie's mom came out and helped with that and uh, hired moving company, whatever, but I was kind of here for like two weeks or so just 
crashing at my parents like right live, just like old just, times yeah like like, like the like bed that i slept in growing up and so i was like now i just don't go to school i just go to hockey <laughs> yeah <laughs> sort of like when you were playing yeah. in chicago right exactly yeah so it was it was pretty great and um yeah it's something that like people have asked me like did you ask for a trade and like any and like no like i it was like, you don't like, strike I was completely me, yeah. blindsided you don't yeah. ever strike me as a guy who would ask for no a trade. no but like it just was one of those things is you know i mean it worked kind of for all parties involved i suppose it, so it, it was it was good it did that trade was that trade was specifically to help the admirals that was a yeah. uh, it was yeah. you and Brandon Bowley coming yep. here and David Poyle was quoted as saying like well that was a trade we made because we wanted to help bolster Milwaukee's opportunity to make the playoffs yeah um, which didn't happen unfortunately but well, let's not dwell on the bad times no 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 but then you stick around, obviously. It would be so great if that I – mean, you need to get to the NHL, right? I mean, right. that's that's still what we want to do. But, I mean, it would be awesome to have you play here until you decided yeah. to, to call it a career, right? That's, I mean, I don't honestly, know. Like, that's Hockey is such a young man's game. Yeah. You don't know, right? I, and I joke about it, like, with the guys <laughs> all the time. It's like, sign me for you 10 years. You could be years. the Pecorino like, now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, no, and obviously it's one of those things where, you know – Obviously, every pro hockey player wants to play in the NHL, and like, there's no bones about it. Like, I want to be in the NHL. Exactly. But and you've been to, you've gotten called up at two or three times. Yeah, a couple times, just quick, quick flights up, quick flights back. But um, if I'm not going to be in the NHL, like, what's better than playing, playing hockey at home? You know. So it's been awesome, and uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. But I mean, in my heart of hearts, like, it's where I want to be, and if if the opportunities are right that's that's hopefully how it'll go down but um you know it's i, I mean i know that they know that i want to be here so um yeah it's been awesome i've like it's kind of been just a dream come true so it's because uh, i remember really when you signed i we had you probably don't even remember but we had met at the all-star game that year when you played for san yep. jose and but that was the only time we'd ever talked but i remember your tweet uh, about uh, after you got traded, like saying, like, "Hey, this is the team that I grew up with." Like, yeah, yeah. This almost like the, I remember Cavallini, Saber, yeah. Herkus, like Mackey. These are the guys that I remember. That yeah. so let's like. There's never been a tweet like that about an American Hockey League team. N- no, ever. Or an IHL team yeah. or anything like that. And right, that was like pretty special. And that got everyone in our office excited about this. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. In addition to you know like, hey, we've got some easy sales with some with, <laughs> yeah. with Troy's uncle and uh, his cousins, and yeah. and and to that end, like I would like to just point out, like you don't come to me and ask for free tickets all the time, right? right like you not. tell you tell your friends and and your, you know obviously your parents are going to get tickets. But you tell your friends and the and people like, hey, call the admiral, get your tickets from the admirals, yeah. right? Yeah, like you're I not try just, to. You're just not throwing out freebies. All no, the time. there's. I mean, it's one of those things, and like I, I, it's something that I never really thought about having to deal with before playing at home. But there are extra things that, and you guys go out of your way to try to help us with things. But I also don't want to take advantage. Like I, I don't. I want to be like to the guys in the room to everyone in the office like I don't I don't I get it that I'm the hometown guy but I don't want to be treated differently because of that sure and so like if I can you know we get whatever it is the guys you know, doggy throws tickets in our um in our Your lockers stalls, for yeah. every game and 
you know, guys, like if guys have some family coming in or whatever, they need extra tickets. It's usually pretty easy to figure yeah. out, okay, like I need a couple extra tickets. And Trends, I'm usually, Trends usually isn't using exactly the, like know. no one's coming in from Chelyabinsk, Russia <laughs> like on a nightly <laughs> basis, you know? So like you kind of know where you can go to grab a couple extra and like, yeah, like I'll probably grab extra a lot more just about every game, but like they're tickets that aren't being used. I don't feel bad about that. It's when like, especially like the concert night stuff like sure. that when i like people from from out of the woodwork not necessarily even out of the woodwork but like you know even close relatives i'll be like hey like i've got like 20 requests like you could do me a solid just you know buy buy your two tickets tonight right. and i'll get you i'll get you to another game for free like and it's worked out well everyone's understood and um yeah it's it's been awesome yeah, and we took you. I mean, I keep taped, droning, droning on here. We've been. This is gonna be the longest. The longest one we've the done. The longest yeah. podcast. Yeah. But we took you out to, to the ponds last year. And what do you do? You whip out the Elmbrook Eagles jersey. Yeah, it was funny because I. So we're we're living in Glendale, and I didn't even know if my parents are gonna be home. But I knew that they had at least one of our jerseys, like because they've got tons of jerseys. I was like, I'm sure there's an Elmbrook one somewhere in there. And yeah. I was like, that'd be pretty funny. Like if I could fit into this thing. And so I like, I was kind of like, I was rushing. It was rush hour traffic and I get to my, my parents' house and I like go and to where all the old hockey stuff is. And I find it. And I was like, well, that's smaller than I remember <laughs> it, but like was able to squeeze into it. So yeah, that was pretty fun. That was neat. What number was it? 20, 27. Was it I grew Dude. up, I grew up, I always wanted to be 27. Uh, so Jeremy Roenick was my favorite player on the Blackhawks. Um, and uh, Steve Reinprecht was my favorite oh, player sure. on the Badgers. Badger, Should have yeah. won the Hobie Baker. Yeah. So, yeah, that's still a soft spot. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so I always wear 27. Then there's one year while I was at Elmbrook, uh, another kid had 27. So I changed to 31. And I just, I like the goalie number. And then after that, I actually, when, I went to Cedar Rapids. I said, I, I really want to be 27. They're like, that's not a goalie number. I was like, well, Ron Hextall was. And so like, once you said that, yeah, I, said, I just had to like give one goalie that was the number, worked. So when I was at Cedar Rapids, I was 27. And then uh, get recruited by Union. And they said, they're like, what number do you want to be? And they weren't expecting. I was like, how about 27? They're like, "How about?" well, we already got. A 27 plus that's not a goalie number we already have goalie jerseys but yeah. <laughs> i was like okay well why don't you give me the options and it was like 35 and i was like no i don't like that like i don't like 35 i was like what about 31 i wore 31 no someone's 31 all right what are so they get like one 33 whatever and i was like one one and it's just it. simple stuck with it yeah and then so yeah. there's no special thing other than you just gave up on trying to figure out what number that's you literally be. why i'm number one <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but when you came here you were 34 so that goes back so when i first signed with san jose <clears throat> you weren't allowed to pick your nhl number and so 34 was just assigned to me okay. which i actually like i I wasn't like a huge fan of 34. Yeah, it's that's and not even a typical goalie number it's either. Not a, I think any, it was like any number. I think yeah. it was like Walter Payton, Alex, <laughs> Alex Henry, right? I think, I think, I think John Van Van Beesbrock might have been 34. Sure. You might be right. Yes. Um, but so they stuck me with 34, and I was kind of just like, man, like 34. Yeah, like I was, this is gonna take getting used to. But then they sent me down to Worcester, and there the equipment manager said, hey you don't want to be 34 do you like you wore one 
at Union, do you want to wear one? I was like, yeah, sure, one's better. And then after, so I wore 34 in my NHL debut game, but then the year after that, like I was allowed to switch. So they let me pick one. So I was one both up and, up and down. Yeah. yeah. So. And then you got traded here. And they just uh, I don't know. I think we might have had Lindy, a one. Lindy was one. Lindy, yeah. Lindy, yeah. No, he was, he was 39. 31. He was 39. 39. 39. He was 39, so yeah. We, I, uh, Connor, Matt O'Connor that year I think, yeah. was number one. Yeah, yeah and he was call. still in the organization. And yeah. so I think just they just said. Just tangentially. Well, he's, he's worn 34, so like, let's give let's him 34. Let's give him 34, yeah. And then it was funny. like uh, So then after that year's over. Chris is talking about numbers. What number do you want to be? And well, 27's retired, right? So that was no go. And but my brother always wore 29, and so I was like, it'd be kind of cool, like if I got to wear my brother's number. And I just, I was kind of like going back and forth. Like my dad was like, no, but like your number one, 29's kind of Shawnee's thing. And I was going back and forth, and I just told Chris, I was like, one or 29. You decide, and yeah. we'll go yeah, with it. So you, you just stuck me with. And one. it's funny, the guy from the other guy from Union is twenty nine this year. Where yeah. twenty nine now? <laughs> yeah, Car is Daniel Car is. All right, we did this way too long. We've learned a lot though, and we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And we apologize to Maggie and to Beckett. They're probably waiting well, for lunch. Lunch is know. on the table right lunch, now. No, probably. what time is it? Beckett's probably napping. So, yeah. Well, I, don't still, I know how important napping. it is to be there at the start of a nap. So, yeah. so you can I'll be have there. that two hours. I'll be there for the end of, of it. So, yeah, yeah you'll, you, you'll get to miss out on the good part yeah. of the nap. Right. Uh, Troy, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Uh, Troy Grosnick joining us. Uh, that'll do it for Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Thank you for listening to the Milwaukee Admirals podcast.